Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a weekly podcast chocker with all things Aotearoa New Zealand and some about me, Jules. Cheer. So I put out the call to all you lovely folks out there to tell me what you wanted me to talk about for this week's episode of Jules from NZ. And you voted, and it was amazing. Um, so thank you for that. And then I also got a call-in um, from my friend Spencer, and that really sealed the deal on what I'm going to talk about for this week. So I think in recognition of that, I'm going to do a wee switcheroony to the way I usually do this, and we're going to start with that voice call. Jules Gems. Kia Jules. Spencer here. Loving the show. And... Marmite. I'm surprised to learn you have Marmite there and not Vegemite as favoured by the Australians. Um, We've got Marmite here, obviously, and it very much divides the audience. Half the country hate it, half the country love it. It really is Brexit in a jar. Personally, I'm not a fan, but... um, Yeah, I just wondered if it had the same reputation over there as it does here. Treasures from the vault. That's right. For Spencer and the other voters, we're talking about Marmite. Sorry, money voters. That topic will be up again for voting again soon. I'm absolutely sure of it. Which is also good for my friend Scott, who was the DM from Epic High Fantasy D&D 5e Actual Play Podcast, Shocking Gasp, along with his wonderful players. If you need some more good comedy and dramatic storytelling with gasp-worthy action, go check them out. Available everywhere and honestly a super favourite of mine. But anyway, back to the point. Scott mentioned on Twitter that he'd heard people talking about Marmite and had zero idea what they were on about. Well, that's what I'm here for, to give you all the Aotearoa answers. So let's get down to business. Marmite is a spread commonly used on toast in the mornings. It's made by a New Zealand company, Sanitarium, and yes, they're a little nuts. Not Marmite, though. That's actually made with no nuts at all, but from yeast extract that's a byproduct of beer brewing. But no... It can't get you drunk. Importantly, it's pretty different from the British company, which also makes something called Marmite. And to be fair and accurate, the British did start making Marmite first. Then Sanitarium got a hold of the rights to distribute in New Zealand and Australia. And they changed the recipe to have like sugar and caramel, also changing the flavour into the instantly recognisable and a million times better spread that it is today. Our Marmite has a slightly weaker taste and is less tangy than the British version. To my British mates, especially you, Spencer, to taste the real thing, if you want to give it another whirl, just in case you want to, you know, reach out there and branch out. Apparently, ours is sold as NZ Mite on your shelves because of your inferior one being named first or some such. (laughs) Um, So check it out. Uh, There are many versions of similar product, and Vegemite of Australia is often touted as basically the same thing. Kaore, no. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. They're nothing alike, my friend. I have done, and would do gladly again, a blind taste test, and I get Marmite right every single time. 
There's nothing quite like it. Although, as Spencer rightly said, it's not always everybody's cup of tea either. Brexit in a jar cracked me up so hard, but you're so right. That's exactly what it is. It's just a little taste, and you roll in with consequences, and you either love or hate the outcome. So, if you're going to give it a go, how should you consume it? Well, let's start with a very important message. Warning, use sparingly. She's a pretty big taste and you'll get munted. Munted meaning broken or drunk. Um, but again, I go back to just because it's yeast extract made from beer brewing, Marmite can't make you drunk. So basically just broken in the mouth department. Anyway, munted. Generally, us Kiwis spread a pea-sized amount, for starters, on your toast for brekkie, and you kind of work your way up to larger amounts as your taste buds adjust to, like, the really intense flavour. For lunch, it could be a Marmite and chippy sandwich, Um, and by chippy, I mean the things that come in a foil bag that you open and crunch for all of my American friends who think that chippies are, like, chips that come with, like, fish and chips, but... I don't know. You know what? Chips is confusing. Uh, But I mean the one that comes in a foil bag and crunch. And Anyway, you put it in a sandwich with some Marmite and some butter. And I can absolutely recommend salt and vinegar flavored chips for sure. It's divine. You can also make a pretty mean gravy by mixing a bit of Marmite and corn flour into the fat leftover from cooking the roast chook, you know. Chook meaning chicken. Or you could also call someone Chuck as like a term of endearment, like, oh, thanks, Chuck. Um, but mostly you don't cook the people that you love. So that's generally the chicken that we're talking about when we're cooking a roast Chuck. Anyway, uh, Marmite is high in B vitamins and extremely high in salt, which is why some people don't like the taste of it. Super salty. It tastes like you're eating the ocean. But I love that. You can definitely taste it. And we were a little worried about the health repercussions of that for a while, as you would be when something's like super high in salt. But we slapped a label on it to say that you should use it in pea-sized amounts and called it done. You know, natural selection will sort out the rest, I guess. Um, Meantime, we continue as a country to put heaps on crumpets, scones, pikelets, sandwiches, celery sticks, carrots. We bake it into cheese scones and basically everything you can think of. Fun fact, in November 2011, Sanitarium actually had to shut down production of Marmite due to some unsafe equipment in the factory. And it wasn't expected to be back in production until July 2012. This literally caused full-fledged panic. And I use literally the right way there. Marmageddon took hold of the country and sales of the black gold jars were recorded as high as $800 for something that sold at usually like $450 on the shelf at the supermarket. And in actuality, they weren't back until February 2013. Check that fact. That is insane. We were, as a country, we were without our Marmite for far too long. And man, oh man, were we happy to see it again. Like, I actually cried real tears. 
when I tasted Marmite again after such a long time. You're like, you, you'll never understand the joy of having it back if you weren't there, but we will never take it for granted ever again. Marmite is the best, and now you know. I have to run a competition at like 500 listens or something where people can taste some of the things I reference if they're overseas. See if that ever happens. Or maybe I'll start like a Patreon and one of the higher tiers means you get like regular Kiwi-themed presents that I'm talking about. I don't know. Who knows what I'll do? I'm unpredictable, even to myself. (laughs) News Nuggets. Today for News Nuggets, I want to talk about something really exciting and super close to my heart. Um, Those of you who are starting to get to know me, I guess, out there in the podcasting world, um, won't know that I lost my mother to um, cancer, to cancer of the blood, lymphoma. Um, And um, it's nasty and horrible and it is a long process full of lots of radiotherapy and chemotherapy and all sorts of horrible treatments, including a bone marrow transplant that was somewhat vicious. So um, imagine my excitement and enthusiastic response to hearing that here in Wellington, we are having the first clinical trial of a new immunotherapy cancer treatment, um, CAR T-cell therapy. Basically, from what I understand, from what all the reading and um, watching I've been doing of it, it essentially uses um, the patient's own um, T-cells to fight and build up a protection against the cancer being almost like with the addition of science a incredibly more natural way of fighting this horrible disease um at the moment um because we're only in safety trials and stuff they're only um administering this to a really small amount of people so they can monitor it and make sure everything is up to spec and that we're not endangering anybody but and it's only for certain types of relapsed refractory B-cell, non-Hodgkin lymphoma, um, and people who have exhausted all other types of treatments. But this is a step in the right direction in terms of what we can do with T-cell therapy. Um, and it's it's already around, like T-cell therapy um, for B-cell lymphoma is already around in countries like Australia and the UK um, and and that's awesome and like, like people are out there going and getting this treatment and they're seeing positive um, responses in their own body which just is so incredible um, in the Mag- Maligan Institute I'm pretty sure it's Maligan um, Institute they're actually going to be manufacturing the cells in a cell therapy suite. Um, So they're having to do all of this themselves. And the reason um, it's in the news at the moment is because they actually 
um, got some some investment from the government and stuff, which has changed the game again for them quite a lot. So they've been able to go from working for the last two years on this research before the clinical trial, um, basically by themselves, and and only being able to think about administering to this clinical trial and to this very small amount and having this dedicated team that is working really, really intensely hard on this to starting to think about maybe hiring more people and how they could implement it for more um, patients and maybe even earlier on in their treatments and things so they don't have to go through everything they went through before being offered this potentially life-saving treatment. So it is just so incredible what we're able to achieve with science and dedication and motivation and just good people doing the hard yards um and then good people supporting them um monetary wise or uh, their family at home just understanding their long hours and their hard work so um, I just read this article and was just so excited about potentially people just not suffering that horrible, horrible disease. So, yeah, sorry, a little bit emotional about that one. I don't know why, it's just a news article, ah, but yeah, really, really cool and really cool to be seeing this in my hometown here in Wellington in New Zealand. Awesome. Jules time to shine. <laughs> okay, so for Jules time to shine, it's really hard to explain why I'm laughing. If you have a cat, uh, you might understand right now why <laughs> It's basically impossible for me to do anything right now because my cat keeps headbutting me in the face and the arms and generally in the way of everywhere. Oh my goodness. I love my cat, but he is a pain in the butt. His name is Muesli and I got him in a very unconventional way, shall we say. Um, I was living with my dad and... Um, <laughs> Jesus, um, I, uh, usually you're making this really difficult. Oh my goodness. What am I even saying? Um, okay. So how I got my cat, I was not living with my dad. I was actually living, um, away from my dad and, um, usually get away from the microphone. Um, I was living away from my dad and I was, uh, living in this flat with this dude, and we were dating and stuff, and um, he, <laughs> he, um, <laughs> you're gonna fall off, you idiot. Um, he uh, got me a cat as present. Um, I actually do a comedy set about this. Um, if you go to um, my YouTube channel at at Jules Burgesser, you'll see the comedy set that I now do about um, the way that I got muesli and, and what he was what he was for as such. Um, it's a little bit hyperbole as most comedy is, but it's definitely grounded in the truth. Um, so this guy got me this cat 
and it was great and I was in love with this tiny little kitten and he hopped in my cereal bowl and I told him that I just wanted to eat him like a big bowl of muesli and thus muesli became his name um, and this guy he he left um, he was in the army so he used to um, you know obviously gap it back for training and stuff and he'd be gone for big long periods of time as they are when they're usually don't headbutt the microphone oh my god I don't know if you heard that anyway um yeah so he'd be gone for like five weeks at a time or whatever and he told me that he got me the cat to like keep me company while he was you know doing training and off doing his thing and defending our country somewhere um you know, like, and that's kind of cute, but, um, what he actually got me with the cat for was revealed about five hours after he'd left when he rang and broke up with me. Um, and apparently the cat was sort of like a breakup gift, um, that was meant to soften the blow of, (laughs) of the breakup because now I had somebody who, uh, I, I, I guess would keep me company while I was sad and alone. So, um, I can't, like, I love my cat. I love my cat a lot and I wouldn't trade him for the world. And if my cat is what I got out of that weird, um, almost a year, I think relationship, um, then I'm okay with having gone through that and the, the pain of that. Um, but at the same time, let me just tell you folks out there, cats are not breakup gifts. Um, cats are not really gifts. Like, they could go so badly wrong, you know? Um, like, imagine, I mean, I was in that circumstance. I couldn't have a cat in my flat. Now I was had to, like, basically hide the cat from the landlord to make sure that my cat didn't go missing because, you know, I needed that trauma in my life, you know? Like, there was just, like, what if, oh, God, it's just so many reasons to not get a cat as a surprise gift. It's a lifetime commitment. I'm now with this <laughs> idiot until something happens to one of us, you know? You don't get somebody a lifetime commitment when you're breaking up with them. I mean, cheapers. Ugh. I mean, I suppose that's what I get for dating someone who was a good 10 years younger than me. I mean, go me, but, like, no brains. Anyway, I thought I'd introduce uh, Muesli to you guys all um, and the story. Stop headbutting the microphone, you idiot. Um, God I love you, but you're just a moron. Um, yeah, and because um, I also do parody comedy, and um, I hadn't really owned a cat before. And when I started thinking about what a cat owner, you know, what being a cat owner was like, um, it made me kind of want to write a parody comedy song about it. So. Um, I'm going to share that with you. Some of you might have seen it on my YouTube channel as well, if you've already been there and already seriously muesli. I'm going to kick you off my lap in a minute. Um, 
yeah, you might have already seen it or heard it or whatever, but for some of you, you won't have, and so hopefully you get a good giggle out of this. Um, I'm not leaving you with any New Zealand music um, today because I want to leave you with this song instead. So uh, I hope you like it. Um, let me know what your thoughts are. Um, and if you like parody comedy um, and you'd like to see me write a song about some other topic, I keep meaning to write some about different things about New Zealand, but um, a week is hard. Um, I'll get onto it and I'm doing some shortly, so uh, expect to see some more parody comedy out of me, but here is uh, your first one. Yay! <laughs> and bye and see you next week. Uh, where I will be talking about something that is not food and not language related. So look out for that. Bye. Meow. It's me. I was wondering if after all the sleep you'd like to feed me. Let's go over what I eat. They say cats will eat biscuits and meat, but they haven't met me yet. Meow, can you hear me? I'm in your bed and scratching and I think you'll find it's fleas. You can be mad at me. When I scratch the living crap out of you and you try to treat me, I hide furniture between us. Good luck reaching me. Meow, I think I'm stuck I'm on top of the dresser, bitch. <laughs> Meow. How are you? That's what I'm asking friends outside at 2 a.m. I'm sorry, did we wake you? It turns out my friend and I had to yell and fight about the fence we sat on. It's no secret. That the both of us don't give a shit about the time. <laughs> Meow, I think I'm stuck inside. The cat don't know.